calling no names out No, no free promotion Nah, nah, I ain't late I don't do due dates No sneak this, no sneak shit That's just how I was raised Had to get the dollar soil I've been down, I've been loyal When you really hold it down Niggas ain't he really down for ya Oh no, what a shame Ten years in the game Niggas like you ain't hot You ain't pop, guess up with you and yay the podcast, the TV show, the all the above. It's your girl, Yo Callie. I'm coming to you with my co-host. Hi, it's Riddle. It's Killer Cam. Hey, guys. And we want to talk to you guys about um, mental health in the black community. Uh, I want to apologize for such a late start, um, first off and foremost, because, you know, that's that was happening, and I wanted to apologize for that. Um things happen life happens and I guess that's part of the whole mental health thing to kind of just like take in consideration that like life just happens and um take a second breathe reset and get at it um so to start off the conversation your girl killer cam has some interesting facts for us um so basically I would like to ask have you ever suffered from mental illness or do you know anyone who has um, it's very common um, in the black community. A lot of people don't know or they just choose not to address it. Um, I want to start off with a few statistics. Um, so from 1993 to 2015, there has been an 86% increase of suicide among black children. So basically that's 22 years. Um, it has skyrocketed. Um, also, depression is higher in black children than Hispanics and white children, if you did not know. And also, 5 out of 12 black women suffer from anxiety or some form of anxiety, which is a lot, if you didn't know. So, I want to jump right into that. Um, and also, do you feel your mental health is being taken seriously? Um, your good days, your bad days, your highs and your lows, the people around you, do you think that they care instead of just brushing it under the rug. Do you think they care? That's a good question. I guess throughout this we'll kind of discuss like how do you figure that out and ways to kind of cope with it. Um, I think that mental health as a whole is becoming um, prevalent across the books but um, mental health in the black community is something still to be discussed. I feel like um, mental health as a whole should be discussed and then from that conversation you should um, put some culture behind it and now talk about mental health from a Hispanic perspective or from a black perspective or from you know a Middle East perspective because the different cultures have a lot to do with how they may deal with um, their mental illness. So I definitely think it's um, becoming more serious I want it to continue to become more serious especially when we talk about um, the black men in our community and black women in our community and protecting those black men and women and what that means what about you Riddle the question that you asked her do I feel like I have people to support me correct no she said do you feel like mental health is being taken seriously I think it's a trend. I think it's not being taken as serious as it should be because everybody thinks that everybody's doing it just to be doing it. Um, so, especially in the black household, you tell somebody, oh, I feel, I, I, you can't even say I feel depressed because what's that? Like, 
Right, right. Boy, what is on. depression? Yeah, like because <laughs> it gets chewed. It like, definitely gets chewed. Or I have you anxiety. Need to talk about. Yeah, you need to talk about. Like, what is what do you what is anxiety to you? So most definitely. How about you? Um. Before I start, I will say I saw something on um, Instagram the other day, and it said, "Are you really depressed, or are you, or is it your karma?" And I think that people are getting depression and just their karma mixed up so like I said before I go into that I think that people need to learn how to differentiate what depression is and just your life being fucked up at this point in time in life um I don't like I feel what Riddle's saying I think it is just a phase um it's a bandwagon type thing everybody has anxiety everybody is depressed everybody is bipolar and it's taken so lightly um everybody's crazy and it's like no you're not stop taking on this persona of something that you don't even identify with um because being crazy isn't funny um there are people literally out there with multiple personalities there are people literally who can't get out of bed because they're depressed um there are people who are smiling through pain so i think it's like stop saying you know stop joking about it if you aren't feeling that way for real, you can just get up and just, oh, I'm depressed. So I'm having anxiety. You don't know what anxiety feels like when you feel like you have an elephant on your chest and you can't breathe. <coughs> so, um, no, I don't think it's taken serious. It's not ever taken serious until someone is, has spun out of control. Um, until somebody has turned to alcohol or drugs, um, or suicide. It's never taken serious until it's at an extreme ever. So it was a little bit too late. Yeah. So when we talk about um, mental health in the black community, there's no like true definition of that. But my my personal understanding and what I've gathered is in such um, like I tried to explain in the beginning the cultural background. So there are differences and cultural differences that different races have experiences through um, time, through life experiences and those experiences get passed on from generation to generation and that contributes to the um the the mental health structure of the community um as well as the practices of that community um how they worship how they may pray how they may come together and commune um how they build their infrastructure how they commune with one another in the process of doing that um how they communicate with their children how they communicate with their elders so when I think about the mental health in the black community, um, there's a lot of things that, of course, any um, quote-unquote work personnel would contribute to um, slavery. And yes, a lot of slavery has a lot to do with it, but um, I, I also believe that some of it has to do with just like us not deciding to make a change in the process. Um, so that was my understanding of what mental health in the black community was when I did my little research um so yeah I would like um to start with what you're saying the slavery going back in time I do think it starts at home um when families bring up depression or anxiety or whatever form of mental um, illness it's always you know pray away the demons basically the black stereotype um you know, they run to church for everything, which is not a bad thing, but sometimes you need more than that. Um, you can't, you, to me, I feel like you can't pray everything. You really have to address it. To me, praying it is just putting it out there and that's it and waiting for somebody else to fix it sometimes. Um, it needs to be addressed. Talk it out. Figure out what the root of the problem is. And black families don't do that. Um, like I said before, I can't speak on white families, but I just know in mine, it's like, who cares? You know, oh, you depressed? Okay, I'm sorry. You know, um, so I think starting from there, um, getting beatings that are extreme. Um, yes, I think discipline is okay. But you got those mothers and fathers who have repressed anger and it's like they're taking it out on a kid and this is where all this is coming from. They can't talk to anyone so it's bottled up and then you wonder why at 25 years old they can't 
say how they're feeling they can't talk to anyone it's they're blowing up every chance they get why and that also comes with the man having to be the masculine one and that's passed on to the child so that like they they have to be strong regardless of what goes on like men don't really men already don't say too much when it comes to their feelings so the fact that they have to be masculine all the time or in the yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Express lack of masculinity, lack, lack of masculinity. Yeah, you that, know, those those stereotypes. Yeah, yeah, I, that's trash. And then, like I said, you wonder why you got this thirty-year-old man who can't express his love for someone, or who can't when something happens to him, he doesn't know how to let it out. It's all, it's like a soda ready, shaking up, ready to explode. And I think that that starts with childhood. And I. I hate it because it's like you got grown ass men who I don't know how to do that and it's like okay are you, how long are you gonna keep using that excuse but can we blame them no you can't you can and you can't I, I don't know can I don't know I don't know because it's like you can in a sense because you are you making now a conscious choice not to change yeah that's that's my only that question, my question yeah. are you now making a conscious choice that this is just how you're gonna be like if and then uh, we were oh that's so crazy um one of our male co-hosts Keanu was telling us how um his way of exercising his repressed anger is by shopping so when he gets upset instead of you know being upset and like blowing up on people he just like spends money and that goes into like a whole nother like infrastructure of the black community that just like falls short Think society has slapped a label on black people because we are at the bottom of the food chain right along with sorry Mexicans um, so it's like when it's just like when you it's I don't know it's, it's a mind thing when you automatically see you know I'm not even gonna lie black people do it too we do it to our own people when you see a black woman she got five kids you be like oh I know she ain't shit you know what I'm saying or, I know she don't well for welfare you know what I'm saying Sis Why? could be, you know, uh, have her own business. She could be in a well, she could be well off. But it's, it's a, like a, uh, it's a societal thing. And it's because it's been drilled into us that every dude from the hood is trash. They're illiterate. They, you know, are, they'll never be anything but hood niggas when we know the best niggas are from the hood. Because why? They're smart. They're, you know well-rounded but i think that it's more so a label thing um because that's all we know even as little kids you see a little black boy they think he bad as shit how many times have you heard little black boys with silver caps on their teeth bad as shit that's another label and then you wonder why because some people are just not strong enough to overcome those labels they get boxed in and then they can't overcome the shit that they deal with. Especially when you could be like, you could be someone who's not necessarily from the hood, but like dressed like a hood nigga mm -hmm. in a sense. And because you dress like a hood nigga, now you're perceived to do, you perceived to sell drugs and steal cars and like break into grandma's houses and stuff. And that's not the case. You probably go to a nice fine university. Like, we're programmed <laughs> like that. Like, mm -hmm. it's, it's programmed, it's a system to this. Just like you raise your hand in school, you raise your hand in church. Like, the programming was like put so much more on black people because of how intelligent we can be or should be. If I can physically do more than you, the only thing that I can do otherwise is train you. <laughs> Damn. So mentally, this is my routine. This is all I know. And when they talk about black people, when they put labels on black people, as black people, <clears throat> excuse me, we take those and run with it. We feel like if we say it to one another, then it's if they game. say it to us, it's okay. Like, it don't matter no more. Like, And that's not the case. It definitely matters. Words matter. It's that. I just feel as though um, this is where it stops. Um, I know I have to catch myself so many times just for the simple fact like I wasn't raised like a lot of people so off rip me being raised around a bunch of white people I kind of I hate to say it it's changing I'm not gonna lie I have adapted that mentality I know working at T-Mobile I literally 
it will be the most ghetto girl coming in there getting her credit ran. I'll be like, oh, shit, I know her credit fucked up. And then, boom, you know, it's not. And she's like, well, qualified. And I'm like, damn, Kim, stop doing that. And it's like, I'm stopping now because I realize, like, it doesn't matter what color people, you know, people are. You can't judge them. So I think it's like, you, you got to learn how to check yourself before you can check somebody else i can't sit up here and say we'll stop doing that if i'm still doing it you know i have to change my mentality what did they say on the tour is if you want to change the world you gotta change yourself first right and people aren't doing that and that's what the the fake pro-black the fake depression that all that shit is lame because half these people are not working on themselves mentally to be able to be put in positions to do that Okay, so what can you say about those that you feel like actually do suffer from, you know, mental illness? Because I know throughout this week when we were promoting, some people did reach out to you, some people did reach out to you, some people did reach out to me at least, um, on the topic and, like, did express that, yeah, they do have mental illness, like, in a sense where they do feel like, um, one of my family members reached out to me, actually, and he has struggled with suicide and depression for quite some time. And for him to reach out and was like, yes, I'm just like... I'm at a loss for words because now it's like it's bigger than me um, type situation. So what can we give the people that may honestly be dealing with mental illness like any encouraging words or any like because um, I know for me personally I I've struggled with it. I don't know if have you guys struggled with any? Yeah, definitely. I mean I have su- I have extreme anxiety and I have suffered from depression, high functioning. Um, I do have a brother. He's severe bipolar, and to me, it's like the black sheep of the family. But and I hate that it was diagnosed so late because it's like now I feel like it was too late. Um, after all the things that they've been through, it's like something clicked. Like okay, now it makes sense. And it's like, people have, like, thrown him away, low-key, because it's like, they didn't understand why he was acting the way he was acting. They didn't understand. And it's like, now they don't want to understand. Um, I still don't understand, because it's like, I grew I grew up with you. Right. And I never, in my mind, I just thought my brother was crazy, low-key. You know what I'm saying? I never knew. So it's like, now that I have seen him at his lows, it's like... I still don't know. It's like you have to be patient with these people because sometimes they're fighting demons that we never can know about. We never will know. We never will be able to feel what they're feeling. You can tell me about it, but I still can't feel what, you know, what you're going through. You just have to be patient with them. You have to. I know for me personally, um, have had personally dealt with it and then being the safe haven for so many people who are dealing with it um one of my friends died in my arms down there you know so patience is is one thing but i don't allow anybody to self-pity themselves either if i know you can physically get up and do it physically get up and do it like I'm more, I'm the aggressor, I guess. Like, you better than that. Like, come on. Motivation. I'm not going to keep telling you this. Right. You have to apply yourself. And all my friends, literally, they tell me the same shit. I I don't want to hear that right now. Let me, okay. Hang up. (laughs) Think about it. Call me back when you're feeling better. I'm going to still check on you because that's just who I am, but... You're, you're not going to self-pity yourself. like, And I know that that's, that's something that comes with it. My grandmother suffers from chronic depression. So, like, just wanting to have someone around you constantly or someone listening to you constantly is not a thing for them. They would rather close themselves off. And to have to, to have to force yourself in there, to me, or for me personally, I feel like once I'm in that little bubble with them, because it's very few, uh, rare, excuse me, that they let you in. I'm like, let's go get up <laughs> right now. Like, pedal to the metal. I just don't think it's that easy. It's seeing, I would just say, seeing my brother who, like I said, so it's bad. Like, it's literally extremes. And it's it's not as easy because he sometimes he doesn't even understand what's going on. 
and it's like he literally can cuss you out and and spaz on you and you just like all right and then you gotta wait till he goes back down and then he'll address it you know what i'm saying but it's like if you're not on your meds shit goes left and then sometimes meds don't always work to me i feel like meds make people even more crazy um but i, I just feel like it's different people it's different situations with different people in their different circumstances because like i said he was diagnosed really late so his entire life he's damn near 30 he thought that he was literally losing his mind so it's like and with his multiple suicide attempts like I've seen my brother want to, wanting to jump off the balcony of our apartment. And I'm like, okay, we still didn't know. And then, with him wanting to do that, what happens? He just gets a whooping because they think he's acting out. It's like you make it worse. And like I said, I can't tell you to snap out of it because I don't know what you're going through. So, when I was diagnosed with generalized anxiety, I had a panic attack and I blacked out. And I was found in front of the school library on WCC campus. And um, that was my first realizing that, like, I've always been a hyper kid. But, like, getting real hyped up and, like, not being able to sit down, like, being jittery, like, have my legs tapped. Like, I always just felt like that was just, you know, too much sugar. Like, that's how my mom always trained. Like, you just have too much sugar. Like, you need to have less sugar in your diet. So I always thought, like, when I used to shake and stuff or when I used to get, like, antsy... I'm either too much sugar or I don't have enough sugar in my body because I'm I'm 100 pounds. So I either don't have enough or I had too much. Like, it was crazy. Um, but I remember when I realized what it was and um, kind of going through it, the one thing I definitely really wanted was someone to just listen. Not necessarily listen to respond because... The one thing that bothered me the most is when they gave me answers that um, had no backing to it. Like, um, kind of setting me up for a high, and then you can't really fall through with that high. So when that high kind of falls down, now I'm back further than when I was. So I didn't really, like, want advice, because sometimes advice didn't really work, or it worked, but it was only, like, a, a quick release. And once I finally, like, realized, kind of, I just wanted to get shit off. Like, I just... Sometimes I just wanted to just express and just had a listening ear and just to know that someone for that moment of that time gave a fuck, genuinely gave a fuck, regardless of how crazy or bad shit, whatever I'm about to say is like, just know that you gave a fuck about that time. It meant a lot because nine times out of 10, it was never anything rational. It was always something like left field. Why? How did you, how did your mind even connect those dots to get to this type of like ending what's going on in that brain type situation like butterfly effect type like it was always something crazy so i can say at least being open to communication or um being open to just listening like in a sense as far as like that's the only advice i can honestly give when it comes to mental illness like being able to understand regardless of what the illness is that this is something that this person now has to go through. So you need to either try to be understanding or if you can't be understanding, separate yourself because you know, you can't help them at that point type situation. Because I can only imagine, I've, I've met your brother many of times, so I can only imagine how you like even process like, and even correlated now as an adult, what you saw as a child to what you now know as an adult. Like, oh, I get it, but still, damn, I wish I got it then type situations. Like maybe I could have like did some shit. Yeah, um, I think communication is, is really key in all aspects of life. Because it's like, you don't expect a crackhead to stop smoking crack mm -mm. the first five times. Mm -mm. Goes through, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -mm. that shit's hard. So I think even with people with extreme mental illnesses, well, I think they're all extreme to me. Um, but, you know, even people with those, I think you just talk to them, see where their mind is at. It's really hard. Um, and I think older African Americans are the worst at it because it's like they would rather dismiss it. Um, and with the way this world is changing now, they're trying to pit everybody against us. Um, I remember someone telling me that they thought my child had ADHD because he's really hyper and that he should get medication. Um, and I'm like, he so just likes to bounce off the walls he's really lively and it's like why do we feel the need to always self-medicate or put kids in boxes and give them 
medication to calm them the fuck down. No, that's his personality. Medication is put on this earth to give people other issues as Thank they grow. You. you can so, literally get depressed, anxiety, schizophrenia, and bipolar from medication. Like, no, I'm not putting my four-year-old on ADHD medicine because he liked to talk and stand up and walk. No. It irritates my soul. People say that, oh, and then I hate the, oh, he he's bad as shit. He's a four-year-old or a three-year-old. Let them be them. This Let is them how develop. They, like, right. This is how they develop their personality. He may like to fuck shit up. He, he may be in construction later. You never know. This is how kids develop artsy skills and things like that. You learn to discipline them. Maybe they wouldn't be that bad. You know what I'm saying? So it's like stop trying to box kids. And that really irritates me. Just being a mom. That pisses me off. For sure. We're going to kick it to a smooth break. Thank you so much for my father, the owner of the Treasure Chest on West Sugar Creek. Please stop by during the daytime. He is open from 6 a.m. to 5 p.m. Monday through Sunday. You can hit him up and come get some cute, unique um, items. I swear they're rare and one of a kind. And it's a jewel of the city. So thank you so much for letting us host the show from your store. Um, and we're going to kick it for a break. I love you so much. Don't ever leave me. I won't let you leave. Said it because I'm lit. Ay. Shoot my shot like Columbine, Mike Columbine, your bitch. Ay. Fell in love with dollar mine like dollar signs and trips. I'm on the dollar grind like tricks. Watch momentum climb like tricks. I'm on a different story, might get the glory like Rick and Morty. My trip is shorty. Tight sex, roll sticky for me. Might flex and go get sporty. Tight stretch on my bed rest, cause she ride a nigga like she whipped the foreign. Probably split, can't kiss, good morning. Problems, I can't spend it for me. Chip on shoulder, dip the sauce. I only stay in if she go. Pussy where I kiss the vaults Drive slow on my crystal ball Your butterfly go coincide My shutter time show growing loss High since six I'm dozing off She pop pill play zone off Hiking AM rolling rock We fall down like bowling ball Threesome speed get hoe involved Beat that box like stolen off I've been going off, I've been zoning off Y'all been showing off, y'all been going off I've been flowing off, I've been closing Still trip on you, well of course Nebula, I'll go fishing for my inner cars My solar dust, nights like this I roll it up She fall through, we feel the buzz Balloons in this room, I feel the moon We ride out, your checker pass was the last life My chessboard ain't black and white I fell in love, my appetite might tear you up Like fish fry 
out On Sunday at my mama house Off Rock Quarry on Savannah Drive That was 99, got 99 problems 99 coming star If I gave you my all Would you always be mine? I'm not always there when you call But I'm always on time When I'm sober my thoughts Might just fortify my eyes I'm not always there when you call But I'm always on time If I gave you my all Would you always be mine? When I'm sober my thoughts I'll just fortify my eyes If I gave you my all Would you promise you'll be mine? with my girls hey y'all it's riddle hey 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 so if you're just tuning in we were talking about mental health in the black community and what exactly that means to us and um kind of bring some light to it in a sense where we don't want it to be a trend we want it to actually like make a difference and we hope that at least someone that or some people that hear this podcast and hear this show take away that um you can choose to uh to make a change in your life it's all about you and it's when you're ready don't let the circumstance or the other people around you kind of rush the process take your time um it's a journey it is a process you are not alone so um use those tools that we have to survive as um proud black people of our community and use our tongue and communicate um we are sisters and brothers amongst each other and we are the only kind that can understand truly what you're going through because we are the community that went through similar things as you. So keep that in mind um, as you move forward. Black communication and then um, the power of money were the three things that we were saying how we kind of wanted to, not as a parting gift like our last findings and words, but like three infrastructures that we feel like we wanted the the black community to change in a sense of their mental health. So those are the three things that we kind of um, wanted y'all to take away. Uh, the general repressed anger was something that Cam kind of like really stuck out. And I, after she explained the situation or explained why that meant a lot to her, it really touched my heart and really meant, became a lot to me because generalized generation, excuse me, repressed anger is something that I didn't even know I was a victim to until she like made light of it. So go ahead and kind of give a brief definition of what that is. Um, so in lamest terms, I would say, <clears throat> you ever get beat and it's with anything other than a belt and it's over something minor, but you getting your ass handed to you with a broomstick with an extension cord a flip-flop whatever they can find um so basically built up anger from whatever past that has happened to your parents and they take it all out on you um and i think that's the most common type of repressed anger because that's all they know um it's to just beat your kids and like I said, I've never got whooped with anything outside of a big-ass leather belt, but I know people who have gotten switches, who've gotten lamps thrown at them. And it's like, at what at one point do you think your kid deserves this type of torture? To me, that's slave mentality because slaves used to get beat with shit, whips, everything. So why do you think it's okay to punish your child like this? That's mental as hell. It's not normal. Yes, discipline is okay. I think whooping every now and then is, I would pop the shit out of my child. But I, I just don't see myself ever picking up something and throwing it at them or an extension cord. That shit hurt. Like, that leaves wet marks on people. 
So why would you feel the need to do it to your kid? Because you're pissed about it happening to you. The most common type of um, abuse is passed down abuse, sexual abuse, domestic abuse. It's, you know, they've seen it. Um, Chris Brown said he saw his mom get beat. So just naturally, he just knew to beat Rihanna ass. So it's like, um, why, why do you feel the need to pass that down? That, and to me, that makes a kid mental as hell because now you're like, wow, I really just got beat like this. You know that, you know that moment after you just got a whooping and you go to your room. You either like, okay, I'm a, whew, that was hard. I'm gonna get it together. I'm good. Or you literally are crying and you can't stop crying because you just don't understand why. I want to comment on the statement where you said Chris Brown naturally <laughs> knew to be Rihanna ass. Um... <laughs> No jokes there. I'm, I'm not laughing at that, but it's just the way that she, the, the word she put, okay, she used. But um, I think that's something that he dealt with or fought mentally. You know, like you see your parents struggling with something, so you don't want to be a part of that. I don't think it was. It's, I don't think it's more so an, a natural thing than it is a trigger, like. Most people have stress triggers that they don't know about because of trauma from when they were children. So they lash out in those moments and can react the entire scene, <laughs> basically. Like, at that point, it becomes, like, it's, it's so ingrained in your mind that you're triggered that much that you can, you can act out just like that. Like, my mom always says, my grandmother is a fool. I'm going to just say she's a fool. I love her to death. <laughs> but she's a fool. My mom always says... Sometimes she needs to not let her Joanne show. So it's just some things about her mom she naturally would gravitate towards because she she it's ingrained in her mental. She's seen it so many times. She's seen it be done so many times. She's seen her react off of certain things. So she naturally is impulsive off of, off of certain things. So, I mean, I was just <laughs> laughing at the statement. But it's like a lot of people don't know that they have stress triggers. Like, right. like I have now after dealing with a bunch of like doctor's visits and head scans come to realize that I have stress triggers like and that's a whole other thing in itself <laughs> because you don't know if you're going to be angry or if you're going to be sad or you don't know you don't know what emotion is like it's supposed to trigger like this very true and you don't know um I don't know what my when I went through my childhood like I was telling the girls I don't remember being beat with anything other than animate objects um very rarely were we not to say like my mom is like out here just like crazy uh beating us like wow it's like if we got beat we did something to deserve it she, like we never got beat just because like trust and believe if i did something i i deserved it and that's why i got whooped like i never 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 in a million years my mom just like beat us just to beat us but at the same sense, uh, my mom was never the type that, like, would care what was in her hand at the time when it came to the whooping. Now, she would gauge it per the person, like, if you were a boy or if you were a girl or, um, you know, that, that. But as far as what you may be getting hit with as a boy or what you may be getting hit with as a girl, that, you know, you didn't really know. <laughs> you didn't really know. And I laugh at it now because um, I can thank her for showing me uh, discipline is what I took from that uh, I wasn't crazy I wasn't wild I I did in my mind I lost all the things at the right time and I did all the experimenting at the right time and did all the things at the right like point that you're supposed to do stuff I guess um, but what I did understand and my dad had to bring me to understand is that my mom wasn't taught anything other than what she was um, displaying to me so triggers go back so far and it could have been something that she didn't even know that she like was a trigger to her but because it was a trigger to her mom now she inherited that trigger mm -hmm. and i won't know till i have kids if i have those same triggers that's the sad part like i won't know in that situation well i will know this i ain't gonna beat my child with an animate object uh but i will be whooping my child i will be whooping my children excuse me so but the takeaway is I don't know if uh, the same things that made her angry would make me angry. And I guess that's what I'm going to have to, like, figure, figure out. out. Yeah. I just, as the mom of the group, I think I deal with that daily. Um, like I said, my child is very hyper. 
Um, and all I know is getting yelled at and getting my ass whooped. And I, I know moments I have to catch myself to stop yelling because kids don't respond well to that. I know I didn't. You know, that's, that she's make me so mad. It's like, why are you yelling? Like, relax. Um, so I know I, I have to catch myself. Um, I don't whoop him. I'll pop him or, you know, I'll even jack him up a little bit. But I find, I try to find alternatives because I don't want whooping to be the only thing he knows. So now my kid ain't had a tablet in about two weeks. Why? Because it's the third time you done broke it and I'm tired of getting it fixed. So instead of whooping you, you just won't get another one or you won't get it replaced. So it's like I'm trying to find other things. No, you can't watch TV tonight. No, you can't have your snack after dinner. You know, it's like it's things like that. It may sound real white, quote unquote, but I don't want to just beat on my kid. Like, right. I don't want him to grow up and, and know that and think that that's okay. I, I don't. So my mom and dad always say, take away the material things and the person becomes nothing if the person is depending on the material thing. That is true. So. I've never gotten a whooping my entire life. <laughs> my entire life. My siblings haven't. Um, I got smacked in the back of the head one time for ran back in the chair very politely. So, still, you know. But I know that my mom taking things away from me that I wanted. <laughs> right. Drove me insane. Right. Mm -hmm. That whooping, I would have been over in five minutes. Or that whooping was going to make me cry to you. Because that's what kids do. They cry to the person that whooped them. And then they cradle them. That's how it goes. So, nope. We're going to take your TV. We're going to take your phone. We're See, gonna... that's the jump, though. Guess yeah. what? I didn't have a TV until I went to college when I was 18. I didn't get a phone until I was 16. So, yeah, I was she she kind of, there was much, there was not much she could take away beyond not going outside. And God damn it, that was my freedom. Yeah, that was. <laughs> I was going outside today. You're Ooh, not, you're not, I'm not letting you go outside, mom. So, yeah, yeah. And there's other ways to handle it. And as we grow, there's, there's the takeaway and how to, like, change that generational repressed anger. Not uh, not reaching for a whooping unless it's something that demands a whooping. Like, not all the time you have to go to that solution. Maybe you should find other things to, you know, fix that issue or teach that same lesson. Like, communicate. The thing is to not instill fear into your children to the point where they refuse to want to talk to you. Because that's what typically happens. Oh, because yeah. you're whooping me so much, I'm feeling like you're a strict parent. When things like kids losing their virginity, their first kiss... They don't tell their people, black people, <laughs> black Listen, people. My mom you didn't know I, I was having sex since I was pregnant. I popped up pregnant. That's you know, my mom was. I was terrified. <laughs> like, to this day, I'm a virgin to my mom and I got a whole kid. It's like, I, for some, I'm so scared to even say anything. And I, I hate that because it builds a wall, that wall of trust, that wall of communication, that wall of love. It's like, are you going to beat me? Because I smoke. Are you going to beat me? Because Ooh. I, you know, it's, I can't, it's hard. It's tough. So this, my, my mom just found out that I smoked recently. And I've been smoking since I was in high school. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's like. It's tough. It's it's hard. And I think that's that's another reason why you got to communicate and, and find outlets. Yes, there may be all you know, but be open to new ideas because it's not, it's not working. Just talk to your kids. Be able to talk to people around you like. In black household, people will rather separate than come together. Like, I don't know if y'all, I'm not, I'm not sure, but we sat down at the dinner table all together, <laughs> all eleven of us, mm -hmm. typically. So like, I genuinely appreciate, and I say this all the time, genuinely appreciate having my mom and my dad both there, being as open-minded as they were, because I wouldn't know no better. <laughs> I feel like I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know how to not give everything a reaction or like how to even deal with triggers and like wanting to know myself that deeply if I didn't have two open-minded people like I'm right so working on the communication is important when it comes to you um, mental health in the black community because there's a tremendous lack of communication when it comes to children to parents parents to children when it comes to men to them to other men when it comes to women with other women when it comes to men and women um not one i don't want to go too deep into it but in light of the whole bow wow situation like lack of communication there that led to now a physical altercation and the man's being mocked for it so it's like 
if we practice just fundamental communication and um I feel like it will help the reconstruction of our community in a sense where how we raise our children and then how we um, parent our children and then how we have relationships like just being that truthful and that honest and having that balance of um, selflessness and being selfish in the sense of striving for better. Going into our next tier, speaking of that, stop buying your kids. Um, and that's being materialistic because parents will beat the hell out of their kids but turn right around and give them everything they want. But you can't talk to your kid. But then you give them everything they want. Or you, you try to buy them. I'm going to get him the latest Jordans. I'm going to get him this PlayStation. I'm going to do whatever, everything I, I never had as a kid. Well, if you want to do everything you, ever had, you never had as a kid, how about you talk to them? How about it? How about you not buy him every sneaker that comes out? And then you wonder why, on top of him being materialistic and him thinking that labels run everything, he can't communicate. So you got this 30-year-old man who runs to money and can't talk. Kind of like Keanu said. It's not so a good So I think look. that's it. I know as a kid, I was spoiled. Like, spoiled, rotten to the, I mean, debutante balls, private school. I mean, anything I, Christmases was like, you get new bed, bedroom furniture every Christmas, not dolls, like shit like that. But guess what? I couldn't talk to my parents. I was afraid of my parents. I couldn't. I'm the complete opposite of this. Yeah, I would say I'm the like, complete opposite. My I mom, my mom knew everything. Like, it was... My mama knew everything. I had siblings, too, so, like, I had a lot of siblings, and they were real close in age. And if Essence didn't say something, Brandon was going to say something. If they didn't say something, I was in fear they was going to say something, so I probably sent to myself if they said some type shit, like... My mom, my mom knew more than my dad knew growing up, and my my siblings never understood why I was so honest with her. Cause I was just like, she's gonna find out anyway. She she was at the CIA growing up. I swear, she always just knew everything, and my dad like had this way of just putting shame in your heart. Like, see, my mom knew everything. He well, was just shame. My brother you. told on me. He was one of those. Janelle did it. Like you know, and she never cared. It's like she didn't care. You're still gonna get this. You're still gonna be in this debut time ball. Like it, it didn't matter. And it's like I got everything that I wanted: bags, designer, and I was so empty and lost. Like I, I just remember being a kid, and I was just like, damn, who I look keep today, but boy. Like I will say that, yeah, it's, that, it's hard. Thing. Like I, I couldn't. And then it was, I grew up around white kids, so they couldn't ever understand me. Um, you know, my cousins moved away. Um, and then the cousins that I did have, I was the white girl. So, you know what I'm saying? It just, it, it was hard being a kid dealing with that. It was like materialistic and lost at the same time. It was like designer on bullshit, basically. Because it had more value. I honestly, like, for me personally, I, I love to think, well, okay, not love to think. We were spoiled as hell growing up, but like, not in the sense of materialistic things like earthly riches. So like, mentally for me, I felt like I could talk to people if I wanted to. I I, I chose not to talk to people about things that I dealt with because that's just who I am as a person. Like, I'm just very headstrong. I feel like I could fix everything. So it was never that. If I ever felt any type of way, it wouldn't be acknowledged because my, my people would talk to me. Like, and even though, because we grew up in, well, I went to school in a predominantly white area. Like, it was a handful <laughs> of right. us. But we were still the broke black people everybody thought was rich because we were taught not to wear our struggles. I wore the same pair of shoes for like four years straight. No lie. Niggas thought I was fly as hell. <laughs> I was happy as shit every day. I took a picture in them hoes. Like, see, it's you know, crazy. It was different with me, like, I was. It was like the Louis knapsack and plaid skirts and and new Clarks, and I was so empty. And then it was like when I was finally coming out my shell, people literally thought like I was just some foreign type of child. Like, who is this? We don't know who this. And I'm like, this is who I've been all along. Like, this is me. But y'all never cared. You never 
asked me what I wanted to do in life. He never asked me, like, who am I? Who is Cam? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's like, y'all tried to make me someone else. And it's like, yes, I am still that prop school girl, but I'm so much more than that. And it's, it's like, I kind of got what Riddle got at a later age. Like, maybe three years ago, you know? So, I don't know. I think it's something to definitely, like, um, mull over because when we think about I like to call it um materialistic immortality when you when you invest in materialistic things to try to like make your presence known or make your presence lasting it kind of uh screams to me that you're not it's not that you're even trying to hide but kind of trying to hide in a sense like mm-hmm. when Keanu was explaining why he shopped it's kind of like okay because you don't know how to exercise your anger you choose to invest in materialistic things because materialistic things quote unquote make you feel better but it's like is it really making you feel better or is it just like bandaging the situation and i feel like that's part of the issue when it comes to the black community where okay if we are a community that thrives on immortality when it comes to materialistic things why don't we support each other why do we have so much lack of support when it comes to one another? Like, why can't you buy your Gucci, Fendi, Prada, and support just BCLT? Like, why can't you do both? If you have that much to floss and do that much with, why don't you do both? Or instead, why don't you work on yourself? Work on what you need to focus on? Um, maybe redirect some of the energy to other things and start investing in your black community. Because there's no reason why if you have all this... Um, dough to flaunt around that you can't just simply invest in like your community i just don't get it i want to speak on that um i don't know if you saw it because it was literally maybe like two hours ago i tagged you in this video on twitter um it was of the comedian lala milan and she was i guess on a women's panel and she was discussing support yes i retweeted that and she made so many valid points and it's like why are you intimidated by me? If we're in the same industry, why are you? Why? Why is it a competition? I have things that you could benefit from, and you have things that I could benefit from. Why can't we both work each other way up to the top? You know, it irritates me because black people have this crab in the barrel mentality, and I guess it goes back to slavery because it's like, oh, she got out the field, now I want to get out the field, or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Or she escaped, now I want to escape by any means necessary, and it's like. You got to stop thinking like that because Asians, they open up nail salons and employ their own people. Have you ever seen a now hire inside of an Asian place? No. White people literally be CEOs and hire their son straight out of Harvard who don't know shit over the black person who's been grinding their entire life. So it's like, why can't we do the same and put our people in position? Why does it have to be a competition? There's more than one CEO position. May not be in this company, but it's another one out there for you. You know, that, I think, I just think it's weird. It's like, I will always put somebody onto a job, a position, anything. You want to know why? Because it may not be for me. But it could be for you. It could be your blessing. My blessing could just be somewhere else. But maybe I was put in this position to help you. Think of it like that. Think Not think of it, oh, they're taking food out of my pocket. If they're taking food out of your pocket, then it was never yours to begin with. And not even taking food out of your pocket. Just know that there's more food out there. Like, change your mindset. Like, why why can't we all eat or why can't you just support like it don't have to be a monetary support it could just be just you know kind words it could just be just general support on social media or just general word of mouth like just suggesting somebody in the streets like it doesn't have to be anything that's too taxing that would harm you so it's just it's 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 a frustrating topic nonetheless but we're gonna we're gonna jump right into some final thoughts for you guys and kind of close out the show um so some final thoughts that I want you guys to take away is not to be, um, to just be yourself, to be who you are un- unapologetically, but to be true to yourself, um, find who you are and be comfortable who you are in that space. Um, it is important that in your journey that you just find solace in that journey. Um, that's part of life. The life is the journey and there's ups and there's downs, but Know that you will always move forward because that's always been the pathway that you've, you know, been on. What about you guys? My takeaway um, 
what I would like to give back to you guys as advice. I got a whole lot to say, actually. Okay. <laughs> I'll let you go real quick. We can end it out. Yeah. Um, I just think, just going over everything that we kind of touched on today, um, my few points are be open-minded. Um, love your, we're brothers and sisters. We're no, we're not competition. We're our own community. Build each other up. Um, help each other out. Talk to people. Um, and just leave with more love and, and less hatred. Um, and I guess that's it. You know. Well, basically, same thing you guys said. But um, staying true to yourself and deep, like unprogramming what society wants you to be. <laughs> it's okay to focus on your emotions. It's okay to be emotional. You know, it's... It's okay for you to be exactly how you are. Learn how to deal with it. Instead of trying to cure yourself, take care of your soul, take care of those things that trigger you. Don't try to physically change things sometimes. It's just, just a routine. It's just a phase. It's seasons. So just live. Like, just breathe. Yes. And some final words from Rev Run. Being happy doesn't mean... All right, guys, thank you for tuning into the show. It's your girl, Yo Cali. It's your girl, Killer Cam, with three M's and an underscore on Instagram. It's your girl, Riddle. You can find me on Instagram at jmaryriddle. And of course, you can follow the hashtag at justbeclt or follow me on IG or any social media site at justbe.underscore underscore. All right. Oh, you guys, I almost forgot. Do not forget to follow the Blunt Talk Instagram to stay connected and to know what's coming next. It is Blunt Talk TV. You'll find it in all of our bios, or if not, you'll find it in all of our stories. Just keep tabs on us and keep it locked. I'ma go off with my friends Full call that shit's creek, hear you calling my name Mind state runs deep, feel it all in my veins It's the street lights, now I can't go outside Good kid, back time, more Jekyll and Hyde Ice pack came home with my left eye swole Tough guy, not so, he was playing a role Gunshots make it hard to keep both eyes closed Say pressure makes diamond, why I feel like cold Mixing brown with the white favorite like gold I ain't had no role models, I ain't got no goals In the daylight, cross this street, bring barcode Face don't reheat off you Dave ride high with comfort So the soul now is gon' cost you Time fly, things change, people lie Whoa, back against the wall, now it's do or die Ah, sky mile, lift the wing, suicide Ah, risk it all, stay the same, you decide Time fly, things change, people lie Whoa, back against the wall, now it's do or die Ah, sky mile, lift the wing, suicide Ah, risk it all, stay the same, you decide I've been driving too fast, man, I think I might crash Don't wear a seatbelt, so I'ma go through the glass Life's like a siphon, take a puff, then you pass I've been stopping drunk, just so I'm showing my ass Caught up in a trance, I ain't show up to class My mama fussing me out, I took a car and some cash And my homie, he down on his last He might fucking spaz, out here living fast That's truly all he really knows We grew up the same, but took different roads and if a rose don't rise from the concrete, I guess it's still a rose, but nobody knows it If he can make it out the hood, that's his magnum opus But the world don't wanna see a nigga focus Time fly, things change, people lie Whoa, back against the wall, now it's do or die Sky mile, lift the wings, suicide Risk it all, stay the same, you decide Time fly, things change, people lie Whoa, back against the wall, now it's do or die Sky mile, lift the wings, suicide Risk it all, stay the same, you decide And I hope that we gon' make it home by morning
calling me I feel like it keeps calling me And I hope that we gon' make it home by morning I just gotta find a way I just need one more day And I hope that we 